Welcome to The Daily Bite with your host, Pastor Steve Andrews. For our Christmas reading text today, we look at Micah chapter 5. Now muster your troops, O daughters of troops. Siege is laid against us. With a rod they strike the judge of Israel on the cheek. But you, O Bethlehem Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient days. Therefore he shall give them up until the time when she who is in labor has given birth. Then the rest of his brothers shall return to the people of Israel, and he shall stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of Yahweh, in the majesty of the name of Yahweh his God. And they shall dwell secure, for now he shall be great to the ends of the earth, and he shall be their peace. When the Assyrians come, when the Assyrian comes into our land and treads in our palaces, then we will raise against him seven shepherds and eight princes of men. They shall shepherd the land of Assyria with the sword, and the land of Nimrod at its entrances, and he shall deliver us from the Assyrian when he comes into our land and treads within our border. Then the remnant of Jacob shall be in the midst of many peoples, like dew from Yahweh, like showers on the grass which delay not for a man, nor wait for the children of man. And the remnant of Jacob shall be among the nations, in the midst of many peoples, like a lion among the beasts of the forest, like a young lion among the flocks of sheep, which, when it goes through, treads down and tears in pieces, and there is none to deliver. Your hand shall be lifted up over your adversaries, and all your enemies shall be cut off. And in that day, declares Yahweh, I will cut off your horses from among you, and will destroy your chariots, and I will cut off the cities of your land, and throw down all your strongholds, and I will cut off sorceries from your hand, and you shall have no more tellers of fortunes, and I will cut off all your carved images and your pillars from among you, and you shall bow down no more to the work of your hands, and I will root out your Asherah images from among you, and destroy your cities, and in anger and wrath I will execute vengeance on the nations that did not obey. This is the word of the Lord. Micah is a prophet of God sent to both Judah and Israel, so to both kingdoms, in the mid-700s BC, and so he delivers to them judgment and also the promise of restoration and hope. Micah chapter 4 and chapter 5 is that section of hope and restoration and so that's what we're looking at as a part of, at least today. And it starts here, verse 1, almost a mockery of Jerusalem, that they would try to defend themselves, they would try to defend their helpless king. And if they try, then well, they will be struck, they will fail. But, verse 2, and this is the answer to why is this text being read at Christmas time, O Bethlehem Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel. God is promising that the Messiah, the Savior, will come from this small town of Bethlehem. Ephrathah is a reference to a group of peoples uh, within that area in Judah. 
And as we see, I, I want to call them a clan, but they're not even big enough to count as we see in the text itself. So this is like a very small family. It's a tight knit group. Out of this place, out of this location is where the Savior will come. This is the home of David, King David. So from King David's city, that's why Joseph and Mary travel there. When they go for the census to be counted, they have to return to their the land that they came from. So David comes from this place. By any earthly means, this town is insignificant. But God chooses it. Insignificant as insignificant as it may be, God chooses this place to bring forth the Savior of the world. The humble origin that we're used to talking about when we talk about the birth of Christ, that he gave up his heavenly throne in all of its splendor to step down into creation as a small child, born in a small village, in whatever lowly circumstances it may have been in in that village. Some good debate to be had over the actual accommodations for the family of Christ on that, that night, that first Christmas night. This ruler is from of old, from ancient days. Now, this is a couple of things. This is both the prophecy... And so you can talk about when was the first prophecy of old, ancient, when did the first prophecy come about that God would save his people? That gets you back to what we talked about just a few days ago. Our first Christmas week reading from Genesis chapter 3 is that first word, that ancient word being referred to here even. But this not only actually refers to prophecy, his coming forth is from of old, and this is simply the, the design of God. Jesus is and was and always will be. So he's, he's existed always. He's not created. He is ancient. He is of old. And that he would come forth? It's been God's plan since the beginning. From the moment of creation, it was already known that Jesus was going to do this. Verse 3, he shall give up, he shall give them up until the time when she who is in labor has been has given birth. Giving them up is a reference to their enemies, so that they're given up to their enemies. They're, God has entrusted his people to the others, to their enemy nations. Some would look at that as. And there's some truth to that. But more so, as we look at enemies in this chapter, we also want to ask our children this question, who are our enemies? And this is going to get into Paul's conversation in the New Testament, where he says that our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Our struggle is against the spiritual powers. And so that's why as Lutherans, we like to talk so much about sin, death, and the devil as being our adversaries, our enemies. And so you want to have those in mind here. God has given us up to our enemies. God has 
given us over to the sins that we so desired until the Christ came. And now in Christ, as we also know from Paul's writings, we have been set free from our bondage to sin, and now we are slaves of Christ. Romans 6 is really good at that. Um, Romans 6, maybe 11, I believe it is, where, where Paul tells us that we must now consider ourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. There is repentance, the latter part of verse 3. Uh, there is repentance for some. Israel is what we can call the church today. You are Israel if you have faith. The fellowship that is the body of Christ is the spiritual nation of Israel, not a physical nation any longer. Verse 4, that he shall stand and shepherd his flock. Jesus is the good shepherd who cares for his sheep. In the majesty of the name of Yahweh. Uh, that's a place we can talk about baptism. As you are brought into his name. Jesus takes his name and puts it upon you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The rest of verse 4 gets into a really a paradise promise that we would dwell secure is not an earthly security. It is a security that will come from him alone. It is a security of his protection for us in the home that he is preparing for us even now. He shall be their peace, uh, verse 5. So peace is that idea of reconciliation. Christ has reconciled us to the Lord. We are at peace with him now. This is good. The rest of verse 5 and then verse 6, and really a good chunk of this chapter even, can help you understand that false idea that the Messiah would be an earthly king and set up an earthly kingdom, again, that they would dwell in peace, that they would be secure. We've already read that he's going to sit on the throne of David, his father, and, and endure forever. I mean, we've seen that in recent days, that text. So it's a common, common enough theme in the prophets that the Messiah will restore and when we hear restore and we hear enemies, our sinful nature is so fixated on the world that we live in, it's hard for us to actually hear the true promise that's there. Which is a promise that God will deliver us from the enemies of sin, death, and the devil. And that he will keep us secure. He will restore us, giving us new life again as he has done in our baptisms. Verse 7 is a neat one. The remnant of Jacob, so those who have faith, the, the small group that continues to hold to Christ and believe in the, the New Testament church, is in the midst of many peoples. Right? The Christian church is scattered throughout the world. And what is, what is the church doing in that role? Well, they are like due from Yahweh. The due of Yahweh is provision. You think of the first time we really see that phrase and. Exodus chapter 16, God uses the dew to provide manna. He feeds the Israelites for 40 years in the wilderness. Dew is also a way that God waters the ground, cares for the plants in his creation. 
So do of Yahweh is a reference to his provision. And then we have to ask, well, how, how do we, how does God use us to provide for the world? And that's twofold. He does that on the one hand by helping us to see that we are managers, we are stewards of the things he gives to us. And so we can use those things to love our neighbor. But on the bigger scope of this, we provide for our neighbors by sharing Christ with them, by giving them the gospel, the good news that there is hope, there is peace that can be had even today, even in the midst of all the chaos of our life. God will conquer on our behalf. Now, the last few verses of this text today gets into the idea that God removes the strength of men who do not believe. So you can see it from verse 10 through 15. He cuts off their horses, their chariots, so their weapons of war. He, he destroys their strongholds and their cities. Uh, so the, the things that they thought made them impenetrable, invincible, easy to defend, those are gone. Sorcery, tellers of fortune, so uh, dark arts that the devil is involved in. No magic power is going to save you. Carved images, pillars, the work of your hands, and the Asherah, all references to their pagan practices, their false gods uh, that they trusted in instead of God himself. So God is going to tear these things down for the faithless. But for those who have faith, they will have peace through this ruler who will be born in the land of Bethlehem, this, this land that is not even large enough to be counted among the tribes, among the clans. The Lord will work. He will work through humility to save his people.